0: Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. Delighted to say I'm here with Yuri Van Geest. He's a, an author, a speaker. Uh, his, his day job, it seems to me, is, is helping businesses to scale. Um, uh, he was uh, a co author of, of the book Exponential Organization with Exponential Organizations which was written a few years back now. And as we were speaking uh, just before we came on air here, your vision has has updated somewhat since you read that book, but uh, that might be a good place to start is what we mean by an exponential organization. Uh, And uh, we can take it from there. Uh, You also suggested that we might want to use a visual to help talk people through that. Um, So Yuri, welcome to the show. And I'll bring up a visual uh, for exponential organizations.
1: Yeah, great. So now basically an exponential organization. Uh, we started doing this book uh, 10 years ago, uh, Salim Ismail, me, and also later Mike Malone and Peter Diamandis and Mikil Schumann. Uh, so it was a whole team uh, had doing this. But an exponential organization is different from, let's say, let's say, a classic traditional industrial organization who basically work with linear uh, input-output models, while exponential organizations similar to digital platforms. They are 10X, uh, sometimes 10X more effective, efficient and faster than classic linear organizations. Uh, And the way they do it in some in in short. Is they use different exponential technologies, like uh, artificial intelligence sensors, uh, maybe blockchain quantum computing in some cases, uh, biotech, nanotech, other robots, drones, um to scale but they also use and that's quite crucial new organizational design techniques so let's say new ways to organize in terms of processes uh, skills competencies kpis uh, systems Uh, so basically the key building blocks of organization so we are witnessing uh, a transformation towards uh, let's say a systemic transformation of organizations the last time was 150 years ago, and we call them exponential organizations. Key examples are uh, the obvious examples of Airbnb and Uber, but there are many others, uh, let's say Waze, or many other companies that we identified 10 years ago, and most of them have been growing exponentially in the last 10 years. And uh, in this slide, you see the 11 characteristics of exponential organizations. Uh, It's a synthesis uh, 10 years ago of the key trends back then, Some were trends were weak signals, some were stronger signals. Let me walk you through them. At the top, we see the MTP, the Massive Transformative Purpose. So how is your company uh, helping to create create a better world? Now, it's based on Simon Sinek, had a why, but we extended it a little bit more, make it more practical. Uh, This is the most important attribute. uh, We have been doing this now for 10 years, uh, implementing this stuff. Uh, for nations, uh, corporations, NGOs, governments, individuals. And yeah, it's the most important attribute to, be, to become exponential or scalable. Uh, on the right side, we see scale uh, as an abbreviation. These are right brain, skill, yeah, right, right brain skills to allow for more abundance, creativity, and uh, let's say growth and uncertainty. It's a bit messy. It's the, the outside of your organization at the front end. And we talk about staff on demand, uh, flexible workforce, community and crowdsourcing, AI. That back then it was quite uh, new, uh, deep learning machine learning 10 years ago. It just started back then. Now now AI, of, co- of course, is very dominant. Uh, think about Chet, uh, GP3, uh, GP, GPT4 is coming up. Uh, that's a massive change for uh, all organizations uh, starting now, right, in the next decades.
2: What's so
0: that? Sorry, talk, for people who don't understand Good. that one. G- so, so, yeah, go ahead. Those acronyms again, just for people who d- not familiar with those.
1: Yeah, uh, algorithms. Uh, the L is for leveraged assets. That means digital platforms. How can you use it? No, that? I meant the GTP3. Okay. The GTP3. Yeah. yeah. So, within uh, AI, you have a subset uh, uh, algorithms, subset machine learning, subset deep learning. Deep, le- deep learning used to be the most advanced form of uh, artificial intelligence the last 10 years. And now we have. Uh, the transformer transformer technology within AI, which is the cutting edge by OpenAI and the open source with the Elon Musk and others, the Altman, and they have launched uh, a new a tool. It's called ChatGPT. It was launched a few weeks ago, three four weeks ago, and has been the most popular, yeah, and highly adopted new tool ever in human history.
0: Oh wow! So. <laughs>
1: It basically, you can you can you can you can type in what is the what are the future trends of airlines in 2023, and you get a whole report like a consultant for free, and it's 90 percent accurate. It's mind blowing when you do it for the first time. Now, this is not surprising to me uh, because we have been talking about this for ten years uh, at Singularity University in the book, but to see it in practice is still quite unreal at first, and then of course after a few days you get used to it. But the thing is, uh, humans are best at being human, so we have to amplify our unique human capabilities compared to or relative to Chat GPT capabilities, which which will increase over time, right? So that, to to do the segue on this, so uh, and this is in line with my vision for ten years now, I think humans being uh, also you and me, everybody who' watching this, we need to amplify our our right brain skill sets. Uh, things that AI cannot copy, things like uh, love, empathy, uh, compassion, uh, wisdom, uh, intuition, right, uh, intercultural uh, sensitivity. So uh, beauty, sense of beauty. Uh, so, and I think that becomes, a, of course, an imagination, uh, courage, uh, bold, bold in a uh, creative thinking uh, in a bold fashion. So that becomes even more important. Uh, so if you are, let's say, you are a consultant. Now we are both, uh, to a certain degree, consultant. Um, I think the core of your business is to have a vision, a unique vision, because AI is, is not really able to, to create a unique bold vision, right, for the future. It's basically an extrapolation of the past and the present uh, in many ways. Um, so then we have leverage assets. That, that's about how can you use the the, the 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 assets of your customers or partners as free input. For your organization and business model, nothing digital platforms. Uh, in some cases, like Airbnb and Uber, um, and then you have engagement. Uh, this is how to increase engagement with your employees and your customers using incentive competitions or digital reputational systems. Um, so that's important. And then you have interfaces. These, these are basically uh, yeah software implementations inside your organization workflow. Also algorithms to process. The output of the external attributes uh, start scale into your inside organization. So it's a software interface instead of a human interface. Then you have dashboards that that's about objectives and key results, uh, OKRs, a new way to um, yeah have a daily or weekly stand-up or feedback loop with your employees. Uh, so short feedback loops instead of long feedback loops. So it's called dashboarding, open and transparent. I think that's quite important as well. Now commonplace as well. Experimentation is about uh, back then, lead Startup. It was quite new back then, yeah. one year old, uh, 2012. Uh, design thinking, service design, and agile combined. It's also quite important, but I think it's out of date a little bit, but I can talk about later. Autonomy is about self organized teams to, who have responsibility to make their own decisions in a decentralized fashion. That's a very controversial way topic to implement in corporates and in governments. Um, I tried a few times, but um, I think there's some uh, feedback loop there as well. <laughs> uh, we can share. And social tech, social tools are about ways to disrupt email because email is out of date. So, uh, yeah, email overload. We need new, new ways to uh, synthesize uh, synchronously. Dropbox or Slack or even more modern tools. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and we learned that you need to become exponential. and You need at least five, six of these attributes uh, to to become scalable and more. 10X basically, and the most important attributes, and now we can talk about this because now we are 10 years further down the road, are the purpose, the the, the MTP, the massive transformative purpose, Um, algorithms, obviously AI is super important, leverage assets, and experimentation, and I would say uh, community management, not crowdsourcing, community management, and Yeah, I would say dashboarding OKRs in particular companies. Right. We need to become more successful, basically. Now, so on the left part, on the left side, you see these internal attributes, not the external attributes, on the left side, internal. And these are ways to control, stabilize your company. So you need the balance between left and right and the purpose. That's also important. And I've also learned uh, in the last few years that you can only implement, let's say, two attributes in one year not four right. unless you are a small company uh, they, they can do four but most companies i recommend to do two in one year and then the next year another, another two because yeah. then they have time to embed
2: these um these items in, inside your organization
0: right right and out of all of these then what what do you find are the m- most maybe we can stop the share now um what what do you find of Companies have the biggest challenge with.
2: Well, um, that's an interesting
1: question. I would say autonomy, so because self-organized teams. Yeah, it's possible when when you are innovating on the edge of your organization, yeah, disruptive innovation. You can create a new kind of team with, with more autonomy, and then scale it up. Uh, in that fashion, when it when it, when it grows up. But to infuse uh, self-organized teams inside the current, large hierarchy, especially in Germany and Switzerland, by the way, it's almost impossible Uh, that they were laughing at me. And uh, I understand because of the the culture, right? It's a a totally around eight degrees difference. But I would say in most uh, cultures globally, it's a a big challenge to make it work. Some cases it's possible, When you have a young team, young employees, uh, already more aligned with the gaming culture, right? Because gaming culture Mm -hmm. is like organizational culture, right, and increasingly uh, in the future, and they are used to have bottom-up emergence uh, and self-organization within the gaming conditioning when they are young and then they move to a company. So it's an easy way to uh, migrate or to uh, embed it in in their thinking and behavior. While older people, they have a hard time uh, making the shift. Because the, the leaders and the managers, they become from active to passive advisors uh, in most cases. And while the employees become from passive, more active, they have to make their own decisions. So not everybody's able to do that or, want, or a, one, wanting to do that, yeah. to make decisions, right? And it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a different, it's a big change, yeah. And the rest is quite easy. AI can also be an issue, uh, obviously, right? Now it's easier because there's more awareness. But 10 years ago, when you talk about AI, deep learning, for example, they were like, What are you talking about? We don't have data in order. The the data is not aggregated in one central database. What about privacy, security, metadata alignment, synchronization, standardization, normalization? And so the the core of AI, the data itself, was already a huge problem, right? In large organizations, as corporates and governments globally, by the way, not just here in Holland. Um, so I think now we are in a better phase of making bigger moves with AI within organ- larger organizations because there's more that the back end is more now more in a proper condition to make it work and to be effective, So that's the AI part and AI, AI, AI in itself has, has advanced quite a lot in terms of uh, uh, capabilities, uh, open AI, for example, but across the board also commercial uh, proprietary AI solutions. Um, Besides the open source ones, and if you look at, let's say, um, what else is difficult to implement?
2: Yeah, um, I would say. I would say uh, community management. Because most companies think
1: or leaders think it's easy to create community, right? But it's not easy. I've done it myself since 2007. Uh, I think five or six different communities uh, online, offline combined, mostly offline starting. Then online, so events, conferences, now meetups, all these things. That there's a a tension between the community being authentic over time while, and also being a company, corporate profit, right? So purpose versus profit, how do you come? How do you integrate that? And that's not easy. And if you are a large organization or even worse, let's say a governmental institute. They have a hard time to really get the, the heart of the community, right? To open openness, transparency, authenticity, women, relationships, uh, right? To co create, uh, let go of control, open up, let go, self organization, emergence, all the stuff. They, they, because they have a control mindset and a money mindset, and an exploitation re- mindset, resource, a resources mindset. But right. it's the opposite of resources, right? Because it's about living beings, human beings. Mm. So and it's about co-creation and it's about we instead of me. So there is this tension and at first they get it or they seem to get it, some of these uh, clients, but then over time they, they want to exploit it and it becomes win-lose again, zero sum. Yeah, and then right. you implode the whole community, right? So yeah. So I think yeah, large organizations, not all of them, have a really hard time to really understand communities because yeah, they have not grown up in, in these meetups, events like me. And I've done like 60 of these events in my life. Right. The X, Mobile Monday, Quantified Self, Lean Startup, Singularity, Universal, all these things. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, new, it's a different value system. It's, it's very different from, let's say, corporate or uh, governmental. Yeah. But it's, it's the emergence. It's the, the, the new mainstream, right? So if you don't know of, about communities yourself, yeah, you're going to be... In trouble, I would say, uh, in the next ten
0: years, because these values become dominant in my view over right. time and, and that's interesting. So you think that not only is this something that companies who want to grow fast need to consider, it's it's going to become dominant in general I, you, look, look at a,
1: for example, uh, we are now a bit uh, in a different space, but digital platforms have moved on to digital ecosystems, right uh, yep. so basically even more women relationships uh, broader, deeper. More varied alliances and networking, right? In an ecosystem, even with your competitors, right? And then the next step now is you move from ecosystem to ecosystems and distributed autonomous organizations, right? The blockchain based organizations, fully automated. Yeah, these organizations are also in line with building communities, maybe even more, right? If you look at Web3, it's all community based, right? Even more than 10 years ago with the exponential organization. So it's an extrapolation of that. And they're probably also more purpose-driven than, let's say, 10 years ago uh, from the get-go. Not everyone, but th- there's a tendency to become more purpose-driven, right, from the heart, not from the mind, because then it's still ephemeral. And so, yeah, I, thought, I think communities are here to stay. Because of the gaming culture, the same thing, right? If you look at all these amazing popular games, they are communities, right? Not just World of Warcraft back then, Fortnite, and now all these newer versions of gaming.
0: These are communities right right you used the term there web web3 just yeah. just define that for people who are not not familiar with what that means yeah, there are many different
1: definitions this is still emerging but uh, let's say is it's, it's uh, the core of it is, is the blockchain based uh, uh economy uh, you, you, you might add in nfts or other components or technologies or solutions but the core is blockchain based uh with crypto so with tokens and uh, i think that that, that might be uh, we might enter the, the second phase next year. There's a lot of innovation coming up in 2023 uh, in all these different domains and sectors. And uh, so it might be a more healthy, uh, let's say, innovation cycle for blockchain compared to the last 10 years, because it was too early back then. Also with yeah. ours and distributed autonomous organizations and the ICOs, it was too early, just it's similar to the end of the 90s, which I followed yeah, intensely myself. You have the dot-com bubble, right? So the first phase of dot-dot-com was crazy, right? 1994 until 2000, uh, yeah, 2000, Then it imploded, a reset, and then you get the second wave. And Then the most important companies, uh, yeah, came, rise, came to power. Uh, mm. And I think the same will happen uh, with uh, blockchain to a certain degree because blockchain is not a solution to everything, but. What 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 I think is is important is the values below the blockchain. These will stay right. The so community win-win, more equal, uh, more social cohesion, uh, more decentralization, and more security, uh, more purpose-driven. So I think that's more important for me than Web three or blockchain. is is the It's the underlying
2: value shift that, that's 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 very hopeful and needed.
0: Yeah, because that was something that. Um... I guess I had moments reading exponential expert organizations, thinking, does this shift exacerbate some of the problems we've got in society? Right, with yeah. sort of autonomized organizations. And we talk about staffing on demand. Yeah. Right. So, so you've got this autonomization of of individuals. Right. And uh, I've just I've just got my you know I'm an Uber driver and I'm I'm allowed to work as as long as I can log in this morning. But at the moment the Uber doesn't want me driving anymore. I yeah. can't actually. You know, Security is gone. You know, levels of anxiety going up. A sense of security and belonging actually decreases. You could argue through some of these trends. And do we exacerbate like the, for example, just want to take one example, the mental health issues that people uh, seem to be increasingly experiencing yeah. in in our societies? Um, is it does, it does this all is all this making it worse? But it sounds like you've got vision that's suggesting it might make it better.
1: I, I agree with you. Uh, that, that's why I felt uncomfortable uh, over the years. Uh, yeah, you talk about the gig economy now, and uh, maybe you can talk about modern slavery or whatever, but it didn't feel right for me. To me, so I wrote a piece in Dutch Financial Times, I think five years ago, already a long, a long read about what comes after exponential organizations yeah, in terms of, now, yeah, more uh, egalitarian, more, yeah, just, I, I would say, justified, equal, uh, fair organizations. So that, let's say you have Uber riders or uh, with, with more voting rights, or maybe stock uh, ownership, a small piece, or maybe uh, insurance uh, or, or a combination of all, right? And that's infused with the, the DAOs, these distributed autonomous organizations. the so Web three blockchain-based organizations, startups. They have this equality more embedded right, from the get-go. Um, so I expected already back then the shift away from, let's say, classic exploitative exp- exponential organizations to more egalitarian uh, ones so i i do agree with your concern right so that's one of the changes i've made also myself in my own journey in the last 10 years but um uh, because the one percent got richer right while the rest was staying at the same level well yeah and, it seems like uh, yeah
0: all, all of the gains also, of this productivity and scaling yeah it don't seems to be captured by the by the by the top I don't believe in the
1: 1%, right? Even some people think, yeah, you are the 1%, but I don't feel, I want, I don't want to be the 1% and the rest is is lagging. I think that's, that's not my whole self view, out of view, nature view, world view. That's not the way, the world I want to create, right? What I want to create is a more ecological, spiritual, social, uh, socially advanced civilization, right? I see myself as a serial living being. I'm not a label or author or, let's uh, say, uh, Job title, I am a living being like you, right? And we are all on the same boat, right? And increasingly that becomes important. So we have to make a value shift, a mindset, a perspective shift. I call it the consciousness shift, right? Uh, I call it in indigenous wisdom or ancient wisdom. That's the core. and if we don't if we don't develop that as an individual and as a collective, then then we won't make it in my view, right? Then we get increasingly more trouble. So exponential is great, right? You can use the exponential organization attributes, some of them, exponential technologies, right? I've been following this now for 10, 20 years now, um, probably more 20. It's all great. These are tools, but it's not the real solution. The, the solution is a, is a, a shift in, in mindset, in our heart set, in value set. And we need to combine both. And that, that's the shift that you are referring to. And that's already happening as well, right? So I'm excited about it. It's small scale, but it's, it's, uh, this is my job, my, my life, my job, my, 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 my whole life basically already today.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, well, let's talk through that then. So first of all, what do you see this shift as, as being? Like what are the characteristics of this shift in, let's say, consciousness or value set? What, what are the main components of that? And then how do you see it changing? What are your sources for hope here? What are the signals?
1: Yeah, so now, for example, um, now let, let's start with the easy
2: topics first, right?
1: So I did these digital transformation pro- programs last 10 years across the world, and then I noticed oh, it's not about digital transformation, right? It's about corporate transformation, and as you said, it's about leadership transformation. Why? Yeah, you have a CDO, right? For example, I've with the CDO globally with Volkswagen for a long time, he is... He got it, right? He's already in, in the future, like me, he's a futurist, a visionary, whatever, right? And he talks to a CEO, a global CEO, who, as a lack of yeah, understanding of what technology is all about, right? Yeah. But there is this, yeah, you need to have a cohesive team, right? A board, C-suite board, now, nah, all aligned, vertical, horizontally, vertically, all the same vision, purpose, mindset, value system, now. Nah. That's already uh, issue number one, right? This, but this applies to most organizations, by the way, this misalignment. That's on the, the, the easy part, but at the, the deeper level, let's say we uh, have the Volkswagen uh, uh, example. It was already five years ago, so I can talk about it. But um, the, the, the fundamentally, it's all about, yeah, you, you live as a large organization, uh, 650,000 employees. You live in this capital capital market system, share all the value. So you, you basically are restricted. In your possibilities, but on the other hand, you know, uh, in some cases, some of these people who are w- awakened they know we need to change the whole model, right? To become more co- socially cohesive, ecologically, ecologically sensitive, uh, let's say regenerative uh, in, in, in today's terms, and yeah, they get stuck uh, because it's not a rational conclusion to become more regenerative, it's not. It's not like, okay, I don't believe in shareholder value. And now I'm, I'm going to do stakeholder management and uh, shared system value, and I will really appreciate nature. Because I learned the hard way the only way you can transform yourself as a leader, wherever you are, is by doing the energy in yourself first. And it's not yeah. easy right, to now to, to, to encounter your, your set of sides and to be in nature, walk in nature for eight days without. Yeah, not eating for four days, just meditating, no shower, no food, right? You walk on spikes, uh, yeah. It, then you can relate to nature in a different way, right? And um, I think that's fundamental. So you, you, a change is not a rational conclusion. A change is an emotion, and that's driven by personal experiences that, that, that need to be very disruptive, that need to be very confrontational. And, and that's from a psychological, or spiritual point of view, the introspection part. The meditative part, that's step one, but also the nature, you, you, you will have a, develop a new relationship with nature, with animals, with trees, with the ground, with the with, with, with plants, uh, with the stars even, right? So uh, with water and uh, water ceremonies, all these things are important. So you have a deeper connection to nature. And when you have a deeper connection to nature, then your whole policy will shift. Right. You become courageous in terms of leadership. Like Paul Polman yeah, and the Fike Siedesma in Holland, yeah. one of the key global leaders in uh, sustainability and regeneration, uh, the ex-CEO of DSM. Now, I, of course, uh, we, we have a good alignment. We talk about this stuff. And they, they totally agree. Right? For them, it's, 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 it's also a personal journey first, and then you move it outside to Unilever and other organizations to help transform the world. So that's the learning also of the book. Uh, exponential Technology Organization is great. But you need exponential leadership, and that's consciousness leadership first. Otherwise, you amplify uh, Yeah, with good intentions, you amplify the worst uh, over time. Uh, you destroy nature, and you destroy social cohesion. While if you do these journeys, let's say, immanence journeys, I call it, uh, to increase your consciousness, then you have a different value system. And then you are able to create a, a, a long-term system, yeah, regenerative future for all of us. Right, so that's it, in my view.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's and it, it seems sounds to me like from your perspective, it centers on on connection to nature. Is that is yeah, that the sort I, of I, principal I, characteristic?
1: Well, connect to yourself first, and uh, you can do you do many things in, in that yeah. space. Uh, the, the, the safe ones, the non controversial ones, are meditation, fasting, a kundalini activation process, uh, breath work. Obviously, yeah, now, I've done all these things, and uh, are very important. I'm still doing them. Uh, but you can also do, yeah, let's say more, more controversial uh, things like this, this, that nature walk or eight days or in India, and that's hardcore. You walk into the poorest parts of India, but you walk 300 kilometers and you meditate five times a day, or you can do vision quest, which is even bolder, right? So you walk mm. you one square meter for four days without food, without water and alone in the jungle, right? So, so you, you learn to re- depend upon yourself, right? So it's great for your self-confidence, and you know that everything is internal, right? So consciousness creates matter instead of the other way around, right? Because then you experience that. But as a result of that, this shift in, in perception and awareness, it's called immanence, spaciousness, I call it, you are able to relate to nature at a deeper level while standing in this one square meter for four days alone, right? Without any food or water.
0: And that's what you did. No, yeah, yeah,
1: of course, yeah, this is this is the future, right? Uh, I, I believe this is uh, important to, to, to do, or maybe also yourself. And this is also scaling up, right? It's still small scale today, but this is um, becoming more important uh, over time. But for example, if you do um, Compostela at this walk from uh, France to Spain every year in June, I think oh, yeah. that they had 3,000 people, I think 30 years ago, now they have 30,000 people doing this walk for uh, four weeks i think four or five weeks so these these uh, nature journeys and walks you might call it religious or spiritual i call it conscious or introspection connect to nature as, uh, also and uh, these are growing exponentially right it's, it's very hopeful
0: yeah one of my last guests on the podcast was a, a forest bathing guide yeah, yeah, exactly. so big, it's a big so also sound,
1: yeah, I, I'm a DJ. I make music uh, because this is one of my uh, inner child uh, gaps from uh, 30 years ago or 35 years ago. So I'm, I'm DJing now uh, once a month now for 12 hours. Do 12 12-hour DJ sets. So it's also about this 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 this, this journey, right? So it's about indigenous wisdom, and it's also about the, the sound healing, sound bathing, and the the mysticism of sound and music. If you if you if you look into the Sufis. It's yep. an amazing book. The mysticism, system, the mysticism of sound and music is very old wisdom at the Sufis, which I'm super fan about, about raving about, uh, because it's 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 about mysticism, not about religion. Um, that's more close to me, and it shows you the value of sound healing, right? Already thousands of years ago, right? It's uh, it's it's mind boggling. Well, I've been a bit-
0: using a tuning fork actually. I've been getting it and I'm putting putting it all yeah, around my body you and I've had a big impact from
1: that. Yeah, you have all these uh, these, these these trends now. Also, on Instagram or uh yeah TikTok, all these kind of. But there's a lot of bullshit. There, but also a lot of truth, right? In terms of frequencies and. Um, but I, I highly recommend everybody to explore it for themselves, right? Do forest bathing or sound healing, sound bathing, and yeah, uh, if the quality, if the if the the the, the context is great, the set setting and intention and the the artist. Was experienced with a good, heartfelt intention and purity and awareness, then it comes through, right? You you feed it in all, all your cells and you are, you are healing. So you be, you become more conscious as a leader, right? So I think there I am an advisory board member for a few festivals globally. One of them is Wonder Fruit, I think one of the best festivals in the world in 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 Asia, like Burning Man, but smaller in Asia,
0: right? sorry I said that again wonder foods wonder fruit yeah wonder fruit wonder
1: fruit i wonder, yeah, fruit, wonder, yeah. wonder fruits and uh yeah so today so you can explore all these new uh, yeah experiences uh, yourself or with somebody else and that's a yeah, transformative experience right it's growing also rapidly now and um so i try to learn from festivals and art right and infuse it into to become more conscious. For example, I visit uh, museums uh, quite often because my parents are artists, right? So yeah, okay. I'm all over that. And I think art is important, increasingly important for a leader because it allows for uh, not just relaxation, internal cohesion, alignment, and introspection. It's also great for imagination, creativity, and basically all great art is a lie that brings you closer to the to, to the truth, right? It's because of that. So it's a way to recalibrate in a world of craziness, right, and turbulence, and the VUCA world. So art is in, in many ways uh, fundamental for leadership, and it can art be art in any form: if it's music, or movies, or books, or whatever, opera, or dance. It's all the same, right? Because it's it's a way to uh, to heal, right? To 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 feel, to reconnect to your inner soul again, because outer, outer beauty is a catalyst for inner beauty. Yeah. It shows you who you are as a human being, living being at a deeper level, right? It's it, it's healing, it's spiritual. It's also about social cohesion, because if you are aligned inside yourself, you're more productive, as science shows, more social, more happy, right? And more ecological aware. So you address all the concerns we have today, climate change, biodiversity, now all these scarcities, now mental health diseases, whatever. It's all about the inner connection, right? So an art is a way to, to recalibrate this inner connection. But also nature is a way to recalibrate or meditation, right? There are many ways, to do. also even sports, right? I work out uh, 10 hours a week because, yeah, my, my, my profile type in terms of gene keys, right? Am I generating manifester or manifest, manifesting generator, whatever you want to call it? But I'm, I'm prototyped as 21 in gene keys three times. So I'm, my, my driving force is, is valor, right? It's like a knight, a warrior, whatever. Mm. And a warrior needs physical exercise to recalibrate. So I didn't do it because of COVID, right? So I, I I got cranky, like me, more negative, cranky, because I need this physical alignment to recalibrate also my soul. Right, right. So for me, power is important, working out, uh, being in nature, meditation, uh, connect to water, uh, because I'm, uh, I'm I'm a water science, and uh, yeah, I love scuba diving, right? Water ceremonies, being at the sea, now swimming. Are you now.
0: aware of uh, the work of Vader Austin? Sorry? Austin? are you aware the the, the water artist out of, i think she's out of new zealand um i don't she, think so yet she puts intention she meditates on water oh and fast yeah, yeah. freezes it and then you yeah. see the patterns in the water that's beautiful yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's beautiful, beautiful work
1: but yeah. when you when you think about it uh it was an insight for me i think two years ago yeah if you look at sound and light water and fire right it's all about vibration right now and of course, the universe is about vibration, right? Energy. We know we know that from physics and uh, science. So, but if you go a bit deeper, I realized, whoa, it's light uh, therapy, sound therapy. It's about healing. It's about recreation and regeneration. So all these modalities, light, sound, water, when you really open up to it, it's healing. It's creation, uh, creativity, imagination. And it's regeneration, whoa, and then yeah. it hit me like, okay, whoa, we have, I have totally underappreciated the basics of life, right? And, and it, this is funny, because if you look at it from a scientific point of view, let's say Singularity University, point of view, there's so much innovation going on in terms of sound, right? It's crazy. Uh, because I'm, I, li- I live in that world, partially, because of my DJ yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, existence now, but also in terms of light, right? There's a lot of p- photonics. It's a huge space. You, uh, evolving, and we we discover new things about water, about light, about sounds, scientifically, right? that's that's um, I would say very optimistic about how we are able to heal the world and ourselves, right? Yeah, and I'm super excited about it. I can talk about it for hours, but um, it's, it's 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 still a mystery to a certain degree. But we are discovering new things almost on a daily basis. Uh, for example, water, uh, it functions like a battery. It has a memory. Right. So, how can yeah. you use light to influence that also inside your body? Now, I've been doing this now for six years, I think. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it makes a difference. And the science behind it is also mind blowing. Anyway, we go too much detail. Maybe. Yeah.
0: No, no, but that's interesting. So, when you say you're using light to affect the water in your body, what do you mean by that?
1: Now, if, you, if, you, if you are, let's say, we call it sunbathing, right? But so. Yeah and not just to get vitamin D and to become F10 or whatever, but it's also relaxing, but it's also a way to um, restore the balance of water inside your, your, your body, right? And to become more healthy, more cre- create a better immune system. These are newer insights, right? So it's, it's a, and you have, of course, different light, uh, electromagnetic spectrum, but different light has different impact on the water inside your body, right? So the memory, the battery function of water inside your body, and you know, how how it relates to your immune system. This is all quite new stuff, right? But I think there's something there because we know there is a fourth phase of water. Right? You have ice, water, steam. The fourth phase is easy water, EZ, E-Z, E-Z water. You can check it out. And that's that's the new uh, functionality that we have discovered, right, in water. So how can we leverage it as human beings? Also outside water, right? Let's say yeah, in the rivers or maybe somewhere else. That's interesting to to, to 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 explore. I would say,
0: right, right. I mean, uh, uh, this is fascinating. I'm kind of blown away in terms of I talk uh, about where you're at. Yeah, no, no. But but versus the book, so I'm interested to you. Was there was there a sort of pivot moment, right? Um, for you in terms because 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 the exponential organizations, it, it, you know, is brilliant in many ways, and but it's it's it, you could maybe say somewhat technocratic, and it certainly doesn't cover a lot of the elements that you've just spoken about. Was there a Moment for you where you started to see things differently.
2: Well, yeah,
1: I, I was working too hard, right? Because yeah, I did like three hundred keynotes a year, fifty countries, whatever. So it was too, it was too crazy, right? but not, not good for the environment. Most importantly, wasn't I'm good for my, my social network, my family, and myself, my health, right? Right. So, yeah, and then you you start to recalibrate your whole life. Right? What what am I? What, what 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 are you doing? Because you can basically never get enough of, of what you don't really need, yeah? the quote by you too. So you can do more keynotes, become more successful, more status, more money. But in the end, it's, it's all yeah ephemeral. It's not the core of existence. The core of existence is consciousness, feelings, a family, kids, and your good friends, and do, live a purposeful life and try to pass it on, right? Because we are all intermediary. So, and that means, yeah, less flying, right, or no flying, preferably. But yeah, some people they they want me to be there in 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 person. Unfortunately, I hope this will change. Uh, yeah, and and make different decisions and focus on your inner journey, besides your outer journey. And then you become more stable and more happy and a more pleasant person, uh, more co- coherent as, as well. And to be, uh, I think there's a there's a there's a miss, miss um understanding about success right everybody wants to be famous and successful uh, look at instagram and all the stuff now well if it happens there's a lot of stuff that is not really funny or uh, pleasant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody talks about it but uh, i think we should be more honest about that, that, that as well right and re- recalibrate our own kpi and okr system right what, what does success mean for you right it can be very different than, than for me for me now success is to 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 feel to have a room to 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 be to stay conscious and to explore myself. Uh, I used to be, used to be more about changing the world, right? now I'm changing about myself and then hopefully change the world. So it's a different sequence. So I changed a lot. I'm so I'm happy with, with success, of course, because yeah you have to do it once in your life. It's all journey it's crazy, it's funny, right? It's, but yeah, you get used to it uh, after a few months and and then what? Yeah continue on that path? No, because it's superficial, in my view,
2: right?
1: It's okay, it, it, because if you transform yourself, you're, you transform you, also your whole lineage, right? You think we are separate human, being, human beings. I think that's not true. I think we are all entangled at the deepest level. Also with my ancestors and my, my kids and their kids, blah, blah. So if I change myself, fundamentally, then, then the energy shifts
2: uh, in this whole lineage. I believe
0: yeah. that. Yeah, I believe that too.
2: Hard to prove, and, but this is my uh, experience. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and but I, I'm i sort of fascinating. So you're doing all you're flying around. You're doing these three hundred keynotes a year. And, and and like, what's the f- the first step you make when you you have this real moment of realization? And then, w- yeah, what's the first, first step, move yeah, you make? It's
1: very, very. Uh, that's that's very easy to answer because um it, it, you, you can never get enough of what you don't really need so what you do you amplify your ego by saying yes to everything right and then you uh, almost burn out right? after a few years so yeah i've done it uh, let's say three four years and yeah then uh, it, it's not you, you 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 hit a wall basically right so and then you change then you i skipped like 75 percent and well, started my inner journey and I think that that helped me, right, to uh, to stay sane or become more sane. I mean, I am cool. Uh, but I think, uh, in, in general, th- there's no growth without pain, right? So you, you got to feel pain, right, uh, yeah. to a certain degree. So uh, a setback is good, right? Uh, these are gifts if you um, allow them in, uh, even though it's hard, right? At the moment, it's always hard, right? I don't yeah. dismiss this. But um, we need stressors to grow, right? To become anti fragile. And uh, I think life is more increasingly for me about how to proactively look uh, for new stressors or out of confidence and experiences to transform myself, my life, and to, yeah, to become more whole and hopefully a better li- serial living being.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose the reason I'm asking the question, because there may be people out there resonate really well with. You, with- being in that position, right? Maybe they're on the verge of burnout. Maybe they're doing the equivalent of 300 keynotes a, a year. And so, w- what were the first few steps that ha- helped to get you sort of back into your into yourself? Like, what worked for you? I suppose in in starting to make that that shift towards where you're at now. What worked for me? Yeah,
2: uh,
1: soul searching, right? So um, take time off, walk, walk in nature. That helped right. a lot. And yeah, uh, I, I did a journey in India uh, a few years after that, but that was the most transformative moment because yeah, if you walk in nature for eight days, 300 kilometers, and there's no shower, no bed, there's nothing, and you don't eat for four days, and you just meditate, yeah, then it's very confrontational. Um, that the first three days are horrific, sort of in a way. And then, yeah, you get this immense, beautiful experience. Um, you you, are, you feel totally connected to everything in an organic way. So there's no uh, plant medicine, no uh, whatever, no no like no psychedelics. Just meditation. That's it. And I think that's um, yeah. This this is inside all of us, right? This is the core of humanity. This this sense of uh, being connected, uh, integrated, entangled with everything. And yeah, it's it's a beautiful experience. It's sacred. It's a sacred experience, uh, a mystical sacred experience. I didn't know about this, right? I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. W- why don't I know about this, right? I'm almost, uh, the, yeah, I'm quite old already, a bit old, now let's say, one half. And I've never le- learned about this stuff in the Western world. Wow, this is interesting. Why is
2: that?
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting isn't it i mean that's well, a, that's well,
1: a... well, well in my view it's quite fundamental right and uh, yeah to, to especially the next uh, uh period of uh, human civilization to to heal the planet
0: yeah i mean i think that's a, that's a really good point and i own the same i mean i found um you know i think i found my way back to myself you know a lot through therapy and then more latterly through through sort of spiritual experience and spiritual practice um but yet, none of it's like mainstream in the culture. You've got you've got to go outside, pretty much outside of Western culture, certainly certainly mainstream Western culture, to to find this, um, these experiences, these guides, these methods, uh, to reconnect. Um, yeah, I
1: yeah. also helped. I visit these uh, indigenous, some of these indigenous cultures, right? The, the Mayas, the Incas, now the the mystics mm. in, in places across the world, also in India. Yeah, and then you you learn. About this in practice, so you see it in the in the daily behavior, and that that's very uh, illuminating and inspiring. Uh, it, it it it's not like okay, what they do this is all perfect, and we are stupid. They are amazing, but it's more about the best of all worlds, right? So I like the Western, let's say, external world of technology, blah blah blah. Now the externalized world, yeah, uh, that's one piece of the solution, and then combine it with the inner journey inner technology i call it with the mystics and the sake to come from a sacred place uh not full time but more 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 of the time you have
2: and then the combination is powerful and, uh, and very healing in my view
0: yeah yeah and so what well, how do you see this synthesis playing out then i know to some extent you've already answered this question but like how do you see those two merging together like the 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 externalized world shifting in line with a an internal or people creating new internal words, worlds for themselves
1: yeah it's um i'm doing this now for a few years as i said city development in rotterdam I created the vision for the next 30 years uh, also infusing um uh, based on indigenous wisdom and then do pilots uh, 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 that is now about to start, so it seems to be uh, adopted. Uh, people are pretty uh, excited about it. And I did the same with leadership journeys, and it was a profound uh, impact. I've been doing leadership journeys in uh, now in the last 10 years at the first beginning startup and singularity technology, exponential technologies and my book, exponential organizations. And and then I started doing this um, with indigenous wisdom, nature, all that stuff, generation. And that yeah, has a profound impact uh, on the participants and um, I'm super excited about it myself so we do impu- include craft work and meditation and nature walks right and all the, the classic topics like the new technology organizations leadership now uh, all these th- things combined in a cohesive way oh, wow. really quite, yeah it's pretty so I'm going to scale this up um, once a month right that's my goal because I like, like it so much It's four to five days and because then you get really uh, impactful. Right? You see CEOs crying, eighty percent. I've never founders. I've never seen this before, in my whole life. And that's the level of impact I want to have. It's not like a large group, but let's say fifteen people, twenty people. Um, so my my next journey is more about uh, less about scale, more about depth, right? have so a deeper impact, and then then they are able to transform their organizations. So that's uh, yeah, maybe also relatable to, towards your work, right? I think that's, that's necessary to, to scale that up somehow, right? That we need to, yeah, in my view, um, infuse more leaders uh, more quickly with this new value system inside based on these ex- journeys and experiences, right? Right. And also in Holland, I'm, I'm setting up this uh, new initiative for in the next 10 years. That I want to um, get all, let's say, all the young kids between 10 and 18, do a one-week nature walk in Holland uh, once a year across all the schools. So I've created a whole ecosystem like I've done for the for my own, hometown Rotterdam. I talked about that earlier. And also the Buiten Board Motor is, is, an, is an ecosystem to reskill 1 million people in Holland. It's also super successful. I set it up uh, six years ago with Simone, Heidema, among others. But anyway, so we built an ecosystem for nature walks, it's the same, all the different suppliers and. Um, And then we will infuse it inside the Ministry of Education, and they will adopt it, uh, and then it will be be implemented. So because if you look at kids, they have more anxiety, more depression, more autoimmune diseases, more loneliness, they're totally disconnected, more mental health issues, 10x more than 30 years ago, 10x, 5 to 10x is crazy. Mm. So the way to solve it is by doing a nature walk, right? Right. Not like I've done because it's too extreme, uh, walking on spikes for four hours without bare feet, but that's insane. But it, it works for older people, older men. But for, when you are young, yeah, you just, just by being in nature without a smartphone, without alcohol, without any distraction, because walking is going inside yourself. You walk in from your, 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 your mind to your heart to your soul, right? And it's about letting go, it's about finding yourself. And these kids, they need, you need to know that feeling, right? To, to feel this strong, Presence inside themselves, and then you you can disrupt depression, anxiety, loneliness, because there is no loneliness when you are connected to yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Young kids, gaming, social media, Uh, of course they get lost, right? If if you move to the metaverse, even worse, right? Soon, I I, I don't hope so, but let's assume they they, they live in the metaverse all the time. They've even less, less knowledge about nature, right? Well, I moved away from that, away from the metaverse and more into nature. And because what you experience, you know about, what you know about, you're gonna love. And what you love, you're gonna protect and regenerate. So how can we regenerate nature while we spend more time in the metaverse without with our kids? Yeah. It's yeah. totally insanity. Of course, then nature will implode and give us a knockout back, right? The boomerang. So we have to shift our attention and time spent, also as parents, me included, Become more present in nature, be the example, right? Doing it our, ourselves in botanical gardens, your own garden, in parks, whatever, uh, or living in nature, uh, and then infuse our kids with the love that we feel, and hopefully they will also feel the same for nature, and then start to regenerate as a leader, yeah. right? Culture. So that's uh, that's the scalable solution. So I, I think it will it will play out. We're going to do one million kids every year. When we walking
2: within the, all educational institutes, that's the goal. Wow, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, well, that's a say. great, that's ah. a great answer to the question, right? So, how do we take this shift in this? No, it's this very easy. I can, I can give
1: you the template, right? I have the whole, the template is open source. You can get it from me. I know what 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 you what, yeah what uh, needs to be done. You basically need to identify the key nature walk uh, providers in your country, and there are many, yeah, but they are lesser known. You have to identify them. Create a meeting. This is your purpose. This is the vision. We're going to collaborate. What's the business model? The organizational model? Uh, what is reasonable? Well, how can we segment this? Uh, now nah, we go to the ministry because the ministry, yeah, it might it costs one one billion right a year. I did some easy calculation. Well, one billion, one billion is nothing because the the impact of this over time in terms of um, yeah the 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 you have less cost, right? Mental health, criminality, disconnects, uh, psychological no, uh, career mistakes, uh, whatever. There's a huge package of costs that you are able to avoid to a certain degree, of course, not fully. Yeah. So the return on investment is obvious, right? It's all about being visionary and being bold and being courageous and doing it because the solution is very easy. It's it's already here, right? You we just need to scale and train the trainer, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, I tell you what, it reminds me of. There's a guy in the states doing something. He's got a he's got a big project for similar in terms of its audacity to turn uh, lawns into gardens for growing food. Yeah, but using that same exponential organization's mindset. But in this yeah. case, he wants to apply it to everybody. Should in the states should turn their lawns uh, to gardens, and you know, and and reconnect, uh, you know, to, to their food sources in that way. Yeah, and
1: of course it's about kids, so you have to be super secure, safety, double check uh, that people are involved now, and not just one person. Of course, a few people now to make it safe, a safe space in, in all dimensions. Of course, obviously, but these are of course prerequisites. But it's uh, it's let's start, right? We can do it, right? It's important.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love that.
1: I love that vision. Because, what's funny because between zero and nine years old, and my son is nine years old, kids are already entangled uh, because they are connected from from from, from birth then they have the second me awareness it's called between nine and 18 and then they become aware of the disconnect with with, with sort of reality well 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 that's that's illusion <laughs> because we also condition them in the school system that they are disconnected right And you might say yeah we, we used to think yeah, that's that's the that's the normal process to be to become an adult well i believe yeah we should Stick to the, the connected part, right? The first nine years, and then you stack some knowledge pieces on top of it. Not disrupt the sacred, the, the connected space, right? The in inner connection. Yeah. So we, we we are as a as a society and a culture and a media system, digital and offline, we and also as parents in most cases, we propagate
2: the disconnect. It's total insanity. Yeah. But we should learn from the kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Stay young yeah. ourselves and uh, entangled,
0: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's I, 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 I. That's a very inspiring vision. And um, you can absolutely see the, the, the enormous impact that would have.
1: That's amazing. But if you close your eyes, let's say for 20 seconds, right, and you imagine a world, let's say 100 years down the road, where all the kids have done this um, one week journey for, let's say, seven, eight years during school, the, the, the teen years. And then they become the leaders, and then ah, mind blowing. Then everything will shift. Everything will shift. The media becomes more constructive, more positive, more healing instead of destructive and exploitative in short term. The educational system will trend, be transformed to a very large degree, way more mobile, nomadic in nature, more conscious more healing, you know, introspection in many ways now, uh, more co-creative, more collective. Now, uh, it's very different, it's more like an ecosystem, open and transparent, A healthcare system will be massively transformed. It becomes for corrective to preventative, right, even beyond, beyond before preventative, right, because, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's positive psychology and a positive health, right, it's in a connection. yeah. So you have way more self-healing, which is, by the way, also underrated, right? Self-healing is huge in terms of mind on your immune system. Hormonal system has all been scientifically proved for seven years ago already in science and nature. So imagine a world where you basically lower the, the burden on healthcare, which is basically sick care. I think you can lower the budget by half if you apply these techniques. I talk about nature walks, uh, self-healing, consciousness right? and more pre- preventative me- medicine.
2: Yeah. Why aren't we, we what, what we
1: are doing, this is the downside of doing this, this stuff. The, rea- the reality is a permanent museum, right? This is my quote for 10 years. Now it's even worse. So everything I see in reality frustrates me because it's totally the opposite from, from what I have in, in my mind, right? In most cases. And the gap is increasing. So I need to be stable, stabilize myself like for me, it's almost like most is theater or amusement park. Because otherwise, I go nuts myself, right? Because you go to, a, nah, I don't have a car for 15 years. I'm part of that. But if you drive, you go to a gas station, you look what they, what they sell you.
2: 90% is toxic. toxic. It's not healthy, right? 90%. Why, why is that, right? Why do we subsidize
1: unhealthy food and the healthy food is more expensive? these right. uh, these things are crazy when you think about it. and why is plant based not the normal in any sector right not just in clothing or in medicine but uh, plant based in, in in all
0: dimensions right why why not crazy yeah but then, yeah. then again this is back to connection right because if, if you can teach a kid the joy of growing a tomato like i've got five year old boys and they grow they be, they grow their own carrots this year right and and they ate their own carrots right if you could teach you know them early to to appreciate nature and appreciate the abundance of nature and oh i can i can grow a carrot and i can eat a carrot right those simple acts that 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 sets the mindset and the value system for for life right it's like i want more of that because it tastes better than what i can buy in the Uh, shop
1: i I hear you but it goes even further in my view because that's the first part right but then you have the principles of nature. Now, in the last uh, five years, I've read quite a few books on let's say, the underlying principles of nature, ecology, evolution, biology, life, right, uh, from the last now, yeah, 150 years, basically, all the key experts. And that's a pattern, right? Now, I've identified 30 principles, and I can impl- I'm, impl- I'm applying these principles now in city development, leadership development, organizational development, and technological development as well. So for example, one of the principles uh, is self-organization and emergence. Now you might say, well, "What is the relationship with technology?" Right? Now, technology used to be very mechanistic, uh, top-down control. Uh, now, let's say, uh, expert systems uh, within artificial intelligence. Now you have bottom-up AI, deep learning. Right? This basically mm-hmm. self-organized artificial intelligence emergence. This this is now amplified by the transformer, GPT, the GPTT uh, experience I talked about earlier these are basically moving towards biological principles. So AI becomes more nature-based over time, which is mind-blowing, But because it used to be very different. So this is one one example. Now, if you look at quantum technologies, I'm big into quantum now. I work with Davao at the Future Council for four years now on quantum technology, quantum computing, quantum simulation, quantum biology and all that stuff, quantum sensors, quantum devices. Now, it's the whole spectrum. Quantum, is is you have you have digital computational zeros and ones, then you have quantum, uh, zero and one and you know, everything in between, mm. and then you have nature and health. Well, so quantum technology are closer to nature and to health, to how the universe works, than let's say digital or computational. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is my shift, my thinking, also driven by George Dyson, in his amazing book Analogia a few years ago. Uh, he, he confirmed he's the the main historian in terms of computer science and the best in the world. He said, Yeah, we, technology becomes, becomes more nature. And it's true, right? And it, it, so, what if we apply the principles of nature to everything we see? This is my life, right? I'm doing this in practice. So, star organization, ad- adaptiveness, immanence, um, yeah, uh, resilience, uh, ecosystems now, nah. all these relationships now, nah. all sy- symbiosis, mutualism now. Nah. Look at the movie Avatar One and Two, right? I rewatched them with my kids. Uh, mm beautiful, I like Avatar 1 more than 2, but there's so much indigenous wisdom there, so much about the principles of nature, right? That's the the, the enchanting part of these movies, the importance, uh, it's a spiritual movie, right? If you forget about all these action uh, uh, scenes, but um, I think that's BS, but okay, to sell the movie, I get it. But the the spiritual part is core, right? it's it's all about the principles of nature. And it's a good lesson for a human civilization, right? I think we have to move to that space, uh, the Navi space. Right, right. Um, But it's, there's so many gems inside these these movies, but you have to look carefully, right? It's like these layered meanings and symbolism, and also indigenous wisdom, right? Many rituals there, ceremonies, profound and important. But you have to maybe watch some more uh, review um, movies about these movies. Then you have a deeper sense of the importance of that.
0: Yeah, that, that that makes sense. But but I think um, you know, coming back to the nature of the walker idea and, and this exposure and the experience of it, it's about giving giving now, kids processes.
1: It. Let's say if you look at nature, right, it's always like this Fibonacci and Goldman ratio, right? Yeah. Why why is this not being applied to organizations? Right? Now you know from the Art of Business Review, I've been reading this for 30 years, right? You you're probably the same as me. There's, there's the old world, right? the rational world, well, fine. Important mind, control. But even in the Harvard Business Review, there was a classic on organizational growth, evolutionary uh, development by Greiner. You, you probably have heard about it. So you have, consul- you have expansion, consolidation, expansion, consolidation.
2: Okay. Yeah, but if you,
1: if you think about it more deeply, it's basically a principle of nature. Yeah? It's the way Kibonacci, right, and the Golden Ratio, the way nature organized itself right it's It's expensive, consolidated, expensive, consolidated, expensive, like a spiral, right? yeah it, and And why don't we grow organizations like that? I'm doing it this way, right? Today and everything I do. So I have a nature perspective on it, not a rational, mechanistic, machine-like perspective, industrial, that's old. Right. And that, right. it doesn't work because if you grow too too fast, yeah you forget about consolid- consolidation you get you get dilution or chaos
0: yeah recently read um the man who destroyed capitalism jack welsh and how he was yeah. he was obsessed with having this constant story yeah. of growth yeah. to the markets and destroyed the company under the i'm
1: not saying
0: that
1: i'm not saying that the 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 thing is human beings are we are nature we are part of nature we are not this or above uh, nature we are nature, but we also have some plus-plus capabilities. That's the problem. So we need some top-down control to stabilize societies and organizations. I agree. But less than today, now it's more like a police state, right? We're moving into the wrong direction, in my view. Yeah. So we need, need more self-organization and emergence in organizations and societies with some top-down control because of our unique human capabilities, uh, our, our way to, th- to think in terms of scenarios, minds, uh, the, uh, the future, uh, uh, to avoid pain, to look for pleasure. Now, uh, so, so we have additional cap- capabilities compared to animals, or let's say life in general. And we need to be mindful how to calibrate that, right? So you need some top-down control, un- unlike nature, to stabilize that. But different from, let's say, what we're doing today, in my view, is too too much top-down top-down control. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, we need a little bit more nature inside organizations and in societies than than we have today. In terms of, yeah, organizational principles and value shifts.
0: Yeah, I, I, that that makes total sense, and it makes sense, yeah, at every level. And it's starting with the individual, right? I mean, you to go and walk and do that walk and allow yourself to feel the pain and allow yeah. yourself the chaos to reign whilst you're there without food and so on. That took a level of letting go of the top-down control and just being in that moment and allowing whatever experience is going to happen to happen. Um. And, yeah.
1: And, and the same applies to cities. Huh? Uh, now I applied this to the city here, the city or a small city, like 700,000 people, Rotterdam, my hometown, giving back uh, indigenous mm-hmm. wisdom. So give back to your own roots. Um, and then we said, okay, what is, what is it? So I dove into urban development, right? The urban design in the last uh, 60 years. Now you have Jane Jacobs, who is the, probably the most visionary one, uh, 60 years ago, an amazing book. Because 60 years ago, she talked about this, yeah, a city is a, a combination of processes and relationships, bottom up. So self-organization and emergence. And then she said, yeah, you have, you have to create adjacent capabilities in a city based on these streams, the bottom up streams, processes, relationships, the interfaces, interactions, right? So complexity theory now and all the stuff, uh, you, you can also look at the philosophy behind that, but that's, that's a different podcast, um, probably many podcasts. But let's say if you grow an, a, an, a city, as we are doing now, from a bottom-up process in terms of what already is there, in terms of yeah, the shifts in mobility, energy, education, people, there's a collision, right? There's, a, there's this emergence. If you leverage that, you build on that, it becomes more successful. And it's true, right? But we, we think totally the opposite in, in Holland. It's all top-down. market, or let's say, uh, yeah, the the governmental policy is, is too much top-down. Uh, there's not a way to, or even at the municipality level, to investigate, identify what are the bottom-up processes, and then leverage the interaction points, and innovate based on, on that. They create this top-down vision without data, right? And then we implement. Of course, it doesn't work. It's, it's, it gets rejected, right? By, by the people or whatever, by nature. So it's a different way to, to look at everything in life. And my thesis is, and I have a lot of discussion about this globally, also locally, like, okay, you talk about why not create a regenerative product? And we still have an unregenerative organizational model and mechanistic technologies and what have you. I said, it doesn't work. It has to be internally consistent, like a configuration, a system thinking and doing, acting. So if you have a regenerative nature-based product, but your, your, your processes, production processes, and let's say the inputs and the organizational model and technologies to make that work are not regenerative, then what's the point? It, it, it will implode, it, it won't scale long-term, and it won't help help you the planet. So we have to infuse immunity, you know, with all the things we do. Yeah. Uh, leadership, city development, organizational development, technological development. Uh, that's the big agenda, in my view. And it takes a lot of time because it's it, it's so different from the way we are programmed, right? Um, but it's possible. In five years, you can make a big shift. I, I can assure you that. But not in one year. <laughs>
2: that's, that's too quick.
0: No. Well, it's... It, it... Because this is a this is a one by one by one by one transformation, you have to give people the space to make these journeys in, in and of themselves, right? I think that's that's yeah. part of the the reason it it takes time.
1: There's a lot of silo thinking still, right? So the vertical mindset in terms, okay, we do generative products like clothing or food, and our vertical farming, and I'm also into that. But it's not that's not that's not that that's a part of the solution. But if you don't address the consciousness issue, and because then you apply it everywhere, As it's, your organization also has to become more biological instead of machine. If you have yeah. a machine like organization and create regenerative products, yeah. Some say to me, yeah, that works. You look, look, look at Patagonia. Yeah, Patagonia. Patagonia is the opposite example. They are a regenerative organization and have regenerative products to a certain degree, and they innovate on yeah. that, They're pioneering. there have deep, deep respect for that. But they are the example of the company who really gets it in my view um, yeah most companies they, they start creating sustainable regenerative products without solving the other issues technology organization leadership the whole thing the city the ecosystem you, you, need, you need yeah you need to address all of it in my view long term
0: all of it and 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 the, the leadership being paramount because if yeah, Patagonia is a great example yeah. that the founder sure. himself was That's a server and one of their policies is you can leave whenever you like. Patagonia to go surfing, right? It's like they embedded right at the core of, of the the value set of The organization is it's imperative you connect with nature. Yeah,
2: that's the first step. So I
0: give
1: these uh, lectures about this uh, for now. Listen, last year after COVID, and it's very interesting what's what's going on. Um, I, I used to think, okay, younger people would get it instantly, um, but surprisingly, older people are more impacted by this talk than younger people. And I think the reason is the the level of system thinking you need, holistic, integral thinking, to understand this, uh, based on, on your own experiences. So if you are young, you might be able to uh, get Patagonia and uh, you are into uh, vegan and uh, uh, sustainable festivals, whatever. Um, that I get that, but let's say the the, the macro, the big the big picture story is about, okay, we need to change all the systems to become more aligned with nature. And surprisingly, they they don't get that. But maybe it's too ambitious for me to, uh, to hope for them to understand it. But. The older people get it, and they, they are crying. They, they're totally disrupted. They say, oh, "Holy, holy! What have I done? Like I've been
2: sleeping for fifty years, right, or sixty years?" So that's confrontational, but they feel that it's needed. So the impact is more there. Interesting.
0: Yeah, and back to that word confrontation, right? Right? You know, we talked yeah, you very talk about that earlier. People and very confrontational, and, and, that, and, and it, yeah, and it requires people to confront themselves. This shift requires pain. It requires allowing the pain in. That's now, basically
1: what happens if you, uh, if you tell the whole journey, this is just, of course, very piecemeal, but let's say after a week or a few weeks, you, you basically say, yeah, you've done this in your life, but life is this, 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 this. So you ignored all this, and this is how you raised your own kids. And this is how you uh, lived your own life,
2: right? Just by doing this. So it's left brain uh, in some our well, right brain, yeah. There's a great book about this: "The Matter, the matter with Things" by Ian McGillchrist. Christ, one of the best What's books. That?
1: The matter. Of, the, the, matter the matter with things. Uh, yeah. with things a great book. Uh, that, that's a piece of the problem and the solution, right? And you basically say to people, "Yeah, you've been living this like this one-dimensional world life. Now, now here comes some somebody who is opening the, opening it up." Right. Yeah. and say and this guy is saying you have one year to uh, incorporate the new thinking, right, or two years, but yeah. it's not really uh, a pleasant message. But yeah, it needs to be done.
0: Yeah, I mean, not a pleasant message. It needs to be done. I mean, that sums it up, right? You know, there's, yeah, this you you this is totally this. Is, I, I don't think there's anybody who's been through this journey who hasn't, as you said, experiencing some level of discomfort and pain to yeah. get to the other side. A lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you you've got, you, you, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, there's a brilliant book that I'm reading right now called The Palliative Society, written by a, an Asian philosopher. And it talks about this problem in modern society is we, 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 use our, we use our mind, we use this strong mind that we've got to build systems around us that allow us to avoid all pain to our detriment, ultimately.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: well, well, yeah. It's interesting. We can, you can look at the history in many, many ways but uh, from an economic point of view some uh, uh theorists they talk about it's about the to, to lower the level of insecurity in economic systems over time and uh, using technology for example that's one frame of it and um on the other hand you have people like Nassim taleb who i really admire uh, as in terms of uh life and visionary um who says yeah you need some level of Uncertainty and uncomfortable un, uh, stressors un, un, being uncomfortable to grow and to become resilient and to benefit from chaos and to uh, have an inner sense of security. So and I think it's it's both true, right? We need to balance the two, but now we live in a system or in a society increasingly where risk is being eliminated and um, as much as possible. Well that that makes you fragile. I'm I'm convinced. If you have a very clean house, there's no bacteria. Yeah, you get a less advanced immune system, right? So you need some bugs and viruses and bacteria. And now we have the pandemic, and it becomes maybe even worse. But yeah, we gotta play with nature, Be, yeah, embrace nature to a certain degree, while lower the biggest uncertainties, risks. But we need some risk, right? And and some pain uh, and stressors to uh, stay sane and to be stay, yeah, become more resilient as well. And I thinking yeah. also, oh, it's also about be building character, right? You know, talk about leadership. How do you build character? Not by, uh, now, Google data shows by HR in the last 15 years, the best employees had a huge setback in their teens or early in life, death, disease, whatever. They had to transform themselves early on. Huge pain, huge setback, stressor. Well, if you have a very comfortable life, right? Let's say, yeah, you go to the, 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 the Ivy League, blah blah blah. Check the boxes now. Nah. Uh, uh, no death. Uh, parents still alive together. Now, nah. smooth. Uh, wealthy family great backgrounds, No stressors. Now, nah. they're forty. They get a setback. They're, they're whining, right? They become not not the greatest employees according to Google, right? Dead. Yeah. So. And we live in a society where we want to sort of pamper our kids, right? There's a lot of books about this in the last 10 years. But we have created a very fragile uh, generation, not just millennial, but I I think even more Gen Z. They're overly sensitive now, overly, which in a way is great, right? Don't get me wrong, in terms of alignment and entanglement. And uh, let's say being aware, uh, let's say woke, that's great to a certain degree. But if you are too sensitive,
2: right, then, yeah, you get this, uh it, it, yeah the, 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 this is
1: detrimental to innovation and to have a cohesion uh, in society you need to have a sort of um, inner strength and resilience and that, that's basically character being built by by stress source, by pain early in life and how you dealt with that integrated and uh, if you if you avoid pain uh yeah you, you they have lack of entrepreneurship right I was playing outside, right? I, I took a lot of risk when I was young. I'm st- it's a wonder I'm
2: still alive, by the way. But uh, but these days, parents, yeah, that it's all it's yeah, it's more secure, safety. Yeah. A lot of downsides
0: right, over time. Yeah, because you end up with these so chronic Jonathan conditions.
1: Haidt, if you like Jonathan Haidt, H uh, A I D T, uh, he's a very famous uh, psychologist in the US author uh, thinker now polymorph whatever great guy he talks about this for the last 5 years i think he's totally right right we have become overly protective now and you cannot eliminate risk uh totally that's uh, first of all it's bullshit it doesn't life
2: doesn't work like that but there are a lot of downsides to it yeah
0: yeah no i, I totally agree i think it's uh... Uh, it's a, Well, I just, uh, just from my own, all of my most transformative experiences have resulted uh, from my ex- allowing myself to feel pain.
1: <laughs> it's just. Yeah. It's the same uh, with Burning Man, right? At first you freak out, but bad. there's a lot of value you, you get when you are there, right? I was there 11 years ago, but yeah, it's an uncomfortable experience in, in some ways. But yeah, uh, the nature walk in India as well, I do it now every year. Uh, it's uncomfortable at first, but then it's like a muscle,
0: right? It's, yeah. And, and then you and you want more of it because then once you've experienced it, you know, oh, I, I, I feel much better, more grounded, more connected, more loving. Yeah. You know, you, I, I feel more creative, whatever those outcomes are. You're like, OK, I get it. OK, I get it. Right. So next time I get this opportunity, do I go towards my pain, towards my fear? Do I expose myself to that? I know subconsciously that, yes, the answer should be yes, because I know the benefits on the other side. Whereas and if, if I'm not given that, if I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't be wired in this way. So I think it's so important in society that we give the give people those experiences early and get them to learn that exposure to stresses is a good thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. So and that
1: that's a shift in uh, in basically in leadership, right? Uh, I think we need an Apollo program uh, to address this. So you, you cannot you cannot just say yeah, it's responsibility of the ministers and the prime minister and let's say. Or it's the CEOs of corporates, or maybe it's the the, the, the leaders of the schools. No, it's everybody, right? We need uh, alignment between all the key media outlets uh, to promote this consistently in a a normal uh, addressable language, normal language. Uh, It's about leadership. It's about political leadership, business leadership. It's about, um, yeah, it's about parents. It's about everybody, right? So why not create an Apollo program like in the 60s? Not to get to the moon, but to get inside, right? And uh, to yeah, to be more in nature, to be more appreciative, and maybe do uh, let's say the week of nature or the week of introspection, right? Why not? Where everybody uh, yeah helps helps together uh, to address the theme in that one particular week full time, right? Gives a lot of energy and cohesion as well, right? You have so many be- benefits. Why don't we do it? I don't get it. It's so obvious. It works, right? Yeah, yeah. The Apollo project worked, right? We did went from nothing to
2: the moon in eight days, or eight, sorry, eight years. That's insane when you think about it. That's a massive achievement. An unbelievable achievement. And this is easier. So why not do it, right? But bigger impact, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I I mean, I mean, I totally totally agree with that. It's uh yeah, and and I think maybe, maybe maybe in some ways that is the way to in, is is to appeal to some extent to people's right brains, right? As like a big material yeah. thing that could be achieved for all of those who are turned on in that well, way. But then have them experience the, uh, the, 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 the impacts of it on a deeper level.
1: Yeah, but it's also funny, if you if you think about, uh, it's maybe a bit off topic, but I think most people in their lives, they, um, they have unusable experiences, eh? maybe one, maybe 10, whatever. And they never talk about it. So I talk about this stuff for the last six years, right? Let's say telepathy and all these now near-death experiences, all these amazing experiences I've had in an authentic way, by the way I memorize it, in, 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 to say the least now. So I shared that in a one-hour talk, and it, so it made me realize the feedback was enormous. And these are people like me, yeah, visionaries in Europe now. And, mm-hmm. and they said, wow, for the first time, I'm able to, um, to share this. Okay, wow, well, okay, a lot of tears and uh, great conversations, debates, whatever, dialogues. And then I realized, okay, this is unusual because everybody has these experiences, but we are not allowed to, to talk about this stuff. But it might be interesting because if you look at science, the evolution of science, you have Newton, uh, uh, classical mechanics, now classical universe, and then you have Einstein, right? But Einstein, basically what, what he did, he leveraged, the anomalies, uh, the, so the exceptional cases, to create a, a bigger theory of of life, of the universe. Uh, so in, in, in embedding Newton right, as a subset. Now, my hunch is um, we are about to see a revolution, probably in the next 10 years, because of my what I, what I see also in science and philosophy, um, that we are moving into a, a broader, let's say, life view where we are able to integrate uh, the crazy stories about telepathy, premonitions and all this stuff, right? Native experiences into a new way to integrate consciousness into science. I think that's the, the shift we are about to see. And that's very hopeful and also important. That's
0: extremely ho- hopeful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that. I cannot talk about it, here, but because yeah, it's complicated material. It needs a lot of time and uh, people will probably drop off some in some way, but I, I do believe that uh because i see so much going on in all these disciplines right me- me- basically philosophy uh, physics metaphysics right is a- interesting what's going on if you look at let Friedman, right let me the number one yeah. podcast over the last 2 years when he started um i'm a big fan of his, his work when you watch him close his interviews closely that's the pattern right that's the pattern we see
2: but yeah. the only when you when you watch like weeks of content by him in a row, then you see it, right?
0: Yeah, and, I, and it, it's growing, isn't it? It's it, it's really growing. growing yeah. This this this, this yeah, and and there's this um, imaginal cell metaphor, which I which I love from Paul Pullman's wife, Kil Pullman, Kim mm-hmm. Pullman in her book, you know, Rebuilt the Future. She 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 introduced me to the term, this idea of imaginal cells. So they exist with as the chrysalis grub turns into a butterfly. There are these marginal cells, yeah, right? Yeah. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're kind of connect with each other, and they start to cluster Amazing, yeah. and, and form the, ultimately form the butterfly, of course. But it feels okay. like there are there is this this, this activation of imaginal cells, right? Yeah, I agree yeah. across the across across the world right now. Uh, and yeah, as you say, we're seeing it in all dom- domains in in different forms. Uh, and it's a question of uh, when when's that going <laughs> to when? Well, maybe it is ten years when does that reach critical mass and when does the butterfly start to form from the...
1: I don't know, but if if I look at my uh, uh, counter-futurists, I think 2025 will be an interesting year.
2: Okay. Okay. (laughs) Maybe that's...
1: I I, I combine, let's say, Ray Dalio with uh, the fourth turning and uh, let's say more people who are from, let's say, the mystical fields, uh, not the scientific uh, rational world. But it's very interesting that uh, most of the people I follow for the last nah, 10,
2: 20 years, there's this convergence in 2025. So I'm excited about that. Cannot right.
0: wait. Great. great, Good. Well, maybe that's, that's, that's the, uh, the note to end it on. 2025. We'll see a yeah, breakthrough in consciousness.
1: Maybe we can uh, reconnect then. Maybe I was <laughs> okay. mistaken. Very likely, but maybe I was not mistaken. We'll see. I don't know.
0: No, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. Well, that's the other thing. This coming back to your book, exponential organisations. One of the one of the sort of key insights for me was that book of of how uh, we're not very good as human beings at, at thinking exponentially, right? And there's the example. Uh, I think yeah. of Ray Kurzweil. You know, when somebody's challenges them, they're not making enough progress on the sequencing the the uh, genome. And he looks at it; they're only one percent complete, and he says, "Oh no, no, that, that means they're halfway there, right? Because if in seven years they doubled, and so okay, so he could uh, he could see that in another seven years they were going to complete it, right? Because he he trained himself obviously to think exponentially. So perhaps, I think that's think.
1: yeah, I, I think if you look, apply that to AI, yeah, let's say GPT, the, GPT uh, the transformer model, right? So if you if you look at that, then yeah, if you go exponential, yeah." Where is this going? I have no clue, right? Because, but it's fascinating.
0: But it would be look. It'd be interesting to n- know what the doubling rate of, let's say, people who are getting kind of switched on. You know, in terms of this consciousness conversation, what's the what's the uh, the doubling rate right now, and is it on an exponential uh, curve? Yeah,
1: that's, that's, I, It's hard to say, right? Because we are all in our own bubbles, so we are we are over identifying ourselves with that, mm. right? So as a trend, um, yeah. that this is collective attention and distortion and perception uh from psychology. So they have to be mindful. But if you look at data points, but like I, I check my sanity by two in two ways. Building stuff in practice to test my assumptions, right? In terms of value, recruitment campaigns, whatever, right? Uh online market campaigns. And I test also using Google Trends and statistical data points, right? To see yeah, shifts mm. over time and, um, as social media mentions and the, the trends there, right? So so you, you can get a sense of uh, that, but I do believe it's growing. Yeah. I have a strong, um, is it growing fast enough? Don't know yet, but as you said, it's exponential. So I think we are lagging behind yeah, of what we need to do for, society, for the world planet in, in, at large, but because it might be exponential, especially 2025, that might be a tipping point, right? Then it, then, and then we are in a better place because yeah. it's exponential, this consciousness shift. Yeah. Oh, I think that, yeah, there's yeah. Some, there's some that that might be true. Yeah, I I, I could uh, vouch for that. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much. What a tour de force you are. <laughs> this has been uh, very energizing, uh, and I love your candor about your own your own journey. I've appreciated that. Very welcome. Um, great. Well, thank you. And so, in terms of people finding more about where you know what you're doing and. Yeah, just contact
1: me. uh, You can check me out on LinkedIn, whatever, yurivengis at gmail.com. Or probably I know somebody you also know and do introduction, whatever. But I'm open for conversations, um, especially with the things I talked about. And uh,
0: yeah, let's uh, co create the future together. Indeed. Yeah, it's to a consciousness revolution. All right. We'll put the links in the descriptions. Thanks again, Yuri. Thank you.